Hello everyone, I'm Jennifer Grossman uh, of the Atlas Society and welcome to the second episode of our Atlas Society Asks. As you may know, we've been doing Ask the Atlas Society episodes with our various student groups, um, but then decided, well, why don't we do an uh, the Atlas Society Asks with some of our friends and fellow Ayn Rand fans. And so I am absolutely thrilled today to welcome Sam Sorbo. Uh, some of you may remember Sam from last year's Atlas Society Gala, where she absolutely rocked as our MC. Um, it would take up the entire 20 minutes for me to uh, tell you how many languages Sam speaks, let alone recount her storied career as uh, an actress, a producer, um, an international model, and uh, also an author of several books, including They're Your Kids, about homeschooling. Sam, uh, welcome. These are kind of the worst of times, but in some ways, potentially the best of times uh, with a possibility of a renaissance in homeschooling. Tell us a little bit about your perspective. Oh gosh, so I immediately started putting videos online about this uh, COVID-19 shelter in place. Everybody is now accidentally homeschooling. Uh, and, and I see, I, I tend to see silver linings anyway. I'm a very optimistic person. Uh, but I looked at this and I said, this is an opportunity for families to come together. And it's really an unprecedented opportunity for everyone in this nation and actually around the world to test drive home education and really, you know, kick the tires and, and check the knobs and feel how comfortable the seat is uh, and see if it might be an opportunity for you and your family. Um, and I'm already getting emails back from people or emails from people, I should say who are writing in who are saying, we, we're not going back to the school system. We're not putting our children back in the institution. It's so much easier than we thought it was. And of course, that's been my message all along is it's, it's easier than you imagine. And it's actually uh, more rewarding than your wildest dreams. So I've been home educating my kids for over 10 years. That's why I wrote the book. And now I have a, an opportunity to get that message out because everybody's sort of tearing their hair out wondering how are they supposed to get this done when this was never even on their radar. So tell us about your story. I mean, you know, did it take years of, of preparation? Did you plan or did you just kind of jump in and give it a go? What, well, you... I jumped in and I gave it a go. But here's the thing. There are people who have been doing this for a very long time. And um, so I've been recently doing a lot of interviews for promoting uh, coronavirushomeschooling.com, which is a website that's uh, sponsored by the Texas Homeschool Coalition, which is one of the largest ones in the world. Uh, they've been around for over 30 years, and they put together this um, this online. It's not online actually. They email it to your uh, to your inbox every day, and it's it's um, it's more than a curriculum. It's all soup to nuts. It's the whole kit and caboodle. And I like to say, all you need to do is add the love. Uh, so that will, that will teach parents how to go about the, the process of education. But what I like to tell parents is, first of all, if you feel incapable to educate your children, there's a reason for that. Because if you went to high school, you shouldn't feel in, incapable of teaching a young person you know, the basics. You went to high school, so you got the basics. 
And of course, the, the proof of an education is the ability to impart the knowledge that you have. So why are you feeling so incompetent? And I would argue you're feeling incompetent because you were taught that you don't know how to do anything that you weren't formally instructed by somebody standing at a blackboard or a whiteboard. Yeah, and, and probably people feel a sort of dread and incompetence and the lack of self-esteem because they also don't have um, a philosophy. <laughs> they don't have guiding principles and that's you know part of what is so helpful about um, discovering Ayn Rand. But so how, how old were your kids when you started? Um, what, was, what was the first week like at uh, the Sam Sorbo um, homeschooling household? Well, my oldest was, uh, had finished second grade. So we started for third grade and uh, it was just great. I would love to say that I never looked back. That's not really true. All of that's in my book, They're Your Kids. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I would say that the, the greatest thing about home education is that what you're doing is you're, you are allowing the uniqueness of your child to prosper. Whereas when you send the child into the institution, he is one of 30. Uh, and, and so, so that challenges his uniqueness, right? And yeah. of course, the, the idea behind Ayn Rand is that we each have our abilities and we should be able to flourish with our individual ability um, in freedom. Uh, and so that's really sort of the, I, I noticed that you tried to make the tie in with Ayn Rand, but that's why I'm such a fan of Ayn Rand. Here's a woman who grew up in communism and somehow managed to escape that mindset and discover that, the, that the, the intrinsic value of each individual should be applauded and should be put forward um, and, and allowed to prosper because through that, we all prosper, right? And right now, strangely, what are we doing? We're battling a virus that came to us from communist China. Yes, yeah. And, I mean, it, and, and, and honest, you know, just for a moment, think of what we're doing we're behaving as if we were Chinese. We're behaving right now, the shelter in place. Oh, the government told us we have to shelter in place. I'm doing it, but I gotta ask, like, since when did we become the objects of the government to manipulate? It's really interesting. You know, we just came out with one of our Draw My Lives on My Name is Hong Kong, and I thought, mm -hmm. oh, you know, this is not going to hit because nobody remembers the Hong Kong protests, nobody, but it really did resonate because um, just as communist China suppressed uh, the protests in Hong Kong, they also suppressed, they suppressed human rights and they suppressed the truth about the coronavirus. And now right. the rest of the world is, is having to pay, um, pay the consequences. Uh, so, you know, tell us, a little bit, you know, at what point or how do you um, incorporate any of Ayn Rand's literature? At what ages? And but more broadly, like, what are the best resources for homeschooling? You mentioned uh, the Texas Homeschooling Group. Where would somebody start? Like, well, they would start by reading your book, number one, and listening. Yeah, number one, audio. and I have it right here. Okay, they're your kids. Uh, so. And I, and I actually have some curricula. I go into detail about how I got it done in the book. Uh, the book starts with what's wrong with our school system. And uh, one of the things that's wrong with our school system is that it taught you that you're inadequate. Uh, I'll just say that. The, 
you know, and, and if you're going to argue with me, then, then stop telling me that you're inadequate to, to, to educate your children at home. <laughs> and then I win again. <laughs> but um, the, so my son's already read Fountainhead. I think Atlas Shrugged is a little bit advanced. Um, so I'm holding off on that one, even though that one's my favorite. Uh, but I will say that um, uh, if you're looking, if you're, if you're pulling your hair out and you're saying, I just don't know how to get this done. One, part of the, part of the, the joy of education should be learning how to learn. So what you want to do is model for your child how to learn. So if you don't know, perfect. Because now you can model, really model for the child how to learn it. And then the other trick is, we don't, we don't maybe realize this, but um, in the textbook, it's, the answer's right there. So we're used to, oh, the teacher has to teach me the thing because otherwise I can't learn it because the teacher has to show me. No, it's all in the textbook. In fact, I was on an interview earlier today and the gal said that her daughter's a super achiever, but that she can't learn the, the stuff from the teacher because the teacher doesn't make any sense to her. So she comes home and she reads the chapter and she learns it from reading the chapter. Well, this is a girl who's finally figured out uh, for herself how to learn, how to teach herself. And that's what we want for our children. Because the fact is that your kid's going to have three, six, five careers before the age of 30. And they need to have that facility to just be able to teach themselves something new so that they can look, as we know, technology is changing everything so quickly. You need to have that flexibility. And so what we want to put in our, our children, we want to engender in them an innate love of learning, which they're born with, but somehow they get beaten out of them by the time they graduate high school. I don't know if you remember graduating high school, but at the end of high school, I was like, done. I didn't want to learn anything else. Ugh, it was. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think my experience in high school was what uh, primed me to become such a fierce uh, admirer of Ayn Rand because in high school I uh, I was bullied. I was different. My parents, um, you know, I, I was born in India. I had a whole, I was, you know, new to town and I like to dress up and I like to do weird things, you know, and so I, I got bullied in my drama life um, really not for, you know, the usual things that we hear people being bullied about having a handicap, although, you know, some, someone may argue I have a few of those, um, but for, for virtues, you know, rather than uh, shortcomings. And that just kind of opened my mind to, um, to uh, the fact that, that the, the, uh, the virtuous, the people that are the atlases, people that are kind of pulling the wagon uh, are, are sometimes targeted, not, you know, for their shortcomings, but for, uh, for the best that they bring, they bring forward. So, so now that we find ourselves in this situation, Sam, um, and where everybody is turning, it's a default, you know, there's kind of no alternative to homeschooling. What are some of the reasons um, why we should, you know, parents might want to consider this as a, as a long-term, a longer-term solution for, for their families? Well, one reason might be that they don't assign Ayn Rand as reading material in our schools. Well, I consider that and go... So what are they assigning? And you might want to take a look at what they're assigning. Yeah. Uh, and, and in fact, in this period that we have right now, we have a lot of curriculum that's going home with the kids that the parents are now sort of in charge of administering, if you will. Uh, take a look at it. Really examine it. Yeah. And you can go to coronavirushomeschooling.com 
and look at look at what we're offering for lesson plans and compare and contrast uh, because you might just you might decide here's the thing we're not educating in our schools as much as we are schooling and that's why the majority of youth voted for bernie sanders over both hillary and trump combined there were more votes for grandpa for for socialism than there were for whatever clinton represents and trump yeah. so well, and i'm just saying the reason for that is because they're being taught socialism and if you have any doubt let me just put it to rest socialism is communism and bernie sanders is a communist and i don't care what he calls himself he he went to russia for his honeymoon he had the communist flag on his desk for many 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 years uh, he's never given up his dreams of communism. He, he, the way he behaved around a prisoner in Cuba ought to convince you of that. Uh, there's, there's no, unfortunately, there's, there's, there's no helping that, okay? And so now we have our children that are graduating from our public schools voting for a socialist, for America. And that's dangerous because if we're raising a generation plus more than a generation of these young socialists i don't know where this country is going to end up so so it's a clarion call and i think that i think that there's a, a great opportunity here for parents to see that if you value your traditional values or your conservative values or your libertarian values you ought to take a take a deep hard look at home education it's not as hard as you think and it's more rewarding than you ever dreamed and part of the reason is because home education gives you the opportunity to have a relationship with your child that you otherwise cannot have. You can't have it. And it's not just that they're teaching socialism. There's something far more insidious. I mean, socialism and communism, though that's the political ideology that uh, our children are being indoctrinated with. But um, beneath that, the ground level is the values. Okay, and it's it's not just uh, the, this virus of socialism, but it's the, the values of of, of victimhood uh, or the vices right. of of resentment of of the successful, of entitlement, of of helplessness, of of greed, as Ayn Rand properly described it, uh, the desire for the unearned. So they're really getting not just bad politics, but also really really bad bad values that uh, they're being indoctrinated with. So. Speaking of Ayn Rand, um, Sam, tell, I, just I know because we we've shared this, you know, as neighbors and as friends uh, in the past. Um, but tell us a little bit about your Ayn Rand origin story because I also just think it's really very important in terms of the Big Ten. You're also a woman of faith of a very traditional conservative family values. So how, tell us about how you discovered it and what it means to you, and also why we might consider it to be relevant in what we're living through right now. Well, I, I will, before I get into that, when I talk about socialism and communism, of course, I'm including the, the value system. And it's actually what I like to call the worldview. And right now we have a, a struggle between two worldviews uh, and, and it's playing out in real time right in front of us. So China's worldview is that life has no value. And the Judeo-Christian worldview that we exercise here in the United States is that life does have value. Every life has value for the, for the most part, right? And so when, when you have that battle, you have a nation that doesn't care 
to if if they if they uh, infect the world with a virus that, uh, according to my research, is very clearly um, a virus that was created in a lab for a purpose, and the purpose must be infecting humans because it's a virus that began as a non-human virus and now is a human virus because of things that were grafted onto it. Uh, and so for that reason, um, and, and the, the segue of course to Ayn Rand is that she valued individuals. And she said that some individuals rise higher than other individuals and that that's a good thing. And, and that's, that's an intrinsically American value. That's why we all love our iPhones or our um, or our, our IBM computers or what have you, because we understand that, that when great people are allowed to rise, great things happen for everybody. So to talk a little bit about wealth creation, when you talk about the creation of wealth, the socialist communist sees wealth as a, as a finite pie, but the capitalist or libertarian sees wealth as being able to be generated. Well, of course it can be generated. The whole world is so much wealthier than we were a hundred years ago. We're living longer, we're eating better, we're, 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 we're not dying in infancy. Like there, there are myriad improvements that we've made and those improvements have come with the generation of wealth. So the generation of wealth comes from the exchange, the free exchange, I should say, of goods and services. It's the free exchange of those goods and services. So if I have, if I have a, a book and you have $20, I have a ton of these books, but I'd like your $20. You have a bunch of $20 bills. Give me 20 bucks. You get a book. You're better off because you're wealthier because you're going to learn some stuff. And I'm better off because I didn't need the book, but the 20 bucks is going to be useful to me, right? And wealth is suddenly we're both wealthier and it's come about almost by magic. And that's the generation of wealth. So let's extend that for just a minute to information. And what the leftist seeks to do is suppress information. That's why we didn't learn about the coronavirus in time to, to prevent its um, infecting the United States. That's why the director of WHO is now, his head really should be on the chopping block because he's the one who suppressed the information and told us, hey, there's no problem here. In fact, there were other people who, who are still in decision-making positions in the United States, who tried to reassure everybody, there's no problem. Go to the Chinese parade. There's nobody that's infected there and it's not gonna get you anyway because it's totally safe. And now we're all on lockdown because of those people disseminating misinformation and not allowing the free exchange of information. And what do we see on campuses today? We see silencing of any political, any, any, any thought that does not agree with whatever the, the people who are in control believe, okay? And that is also seeking to impoverish us. And so we have impoverishment by the socialist ideology, but that ideology permeates into academia. And so we have impoverishment of intellectual wealth. Yes, and and, and, and Ayn Rand fought against both of those things, and that's why I'm that's why I'm such a huge fan, because she recognized that it was it was a blanket, right? We have to remove the whole blanket. We can't just peek under here, and and disregard on the other end. 
and she celebrated, you know, her heroism, like your movies, oh, yeah. you know, she celebrated heroism, uh, she celebrated people of achievement, you know, so much of the, um, the culture, and you've also argued this as well in, in talking about Hollywood, that just um, kind of lionizes dysfunction and neurosis and the dark side, you know, but the, but the literature of Ayn Rand, which is truly great epic literature, celebrates, you know, the best, the best in men, although she also really did capture some pretty, pretty incredible um, villains. Well, oh, absolutely. But that, that's what that's what makes her book so seminal is that she shows both sides of the coin. So so there's no doubt in your mind, you know, who's who's on the side of the good and who's who's not. And um, that's why Atlas Shrugged is still my favorite, will always be my favorite of her books, because the villains are so, <laughs> They're very, they're very uh, cringeworthy. But also, you know, I think one of the reasons that Atlas Shrugged resonates with both of us is who's, you know, I mean, we'll talk the hero of, of Atlas Shrugged. It's actually Dagny Taggart. You know, it was a strong, independent businesswoman who was running a company uh, despite you know, people trying to uh, to make her life harder. I mean, so many of the, the uh, heroines of, um, of Ayn Rand's literature, Kira and We the Living, were women. And so I, I think it's also um, something to be celebrated, not just in terms of her uh, heroic representation of um, individualism, but also uh, women in what they could accomplish at a time when that wasn't really always considered the norm. So well, um, I, mean, it, I think it was an expression of sort of the, the original feminism, right? Yeah. But what I love about it is, is she made no bones about it. She's not like, I'm, and I'm woman and therefore this. No, I am business person. And therefore, this is what I do. This is how I believe. And this is how I will behave. And so in that, she 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 was the 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 woman who basically ushered in in her novels in any case equality of the sexes because yeah. it wasn't like she's she's better than she's less than she's equal there was equality and there was individuality you know she wasn't talking about um group rights and group right. grievances but you know one of the other things and i think we'll we'll end end it here is um, one of the other things, let's be frank, that was not in Ayn Rand's literature, which there wasn't much. I mean, she did have the essay about the Comprachicos uh, in terms of education, but in her fiction, there wasn't much about children, which is one of the reasons why um, I'm so grateful to have this alliance and to get your contributions to, to objectivist thought and perspective, because you have a lot of children, you've thought a lot about it, you've written a book about it, and now is a time when we need to start to think from an objectivist lens about education and about homeschooling options. Uh, so I'm, I'm really grateful yeah. to you, children, my Children grow up to be adults. And the values that they learn now are the values that, that uh, they're going to be preaching to, yeah. um, to the next generation. So. So we're grateful. Uh, happy Easter. And um, I, uh, I will talk to you on the other side, my dear. All right. Good Pesach. Okay. Thanks. Take care.